to Teledyne Advanced Chemistry Systems Tech Talk podcast. Our goal is to bring you useful information and offer solutions for your applications and analytical needs. Teledyne Advanced Chemistry Systems represents a group of companies existing of Teledyne Techmar, Teledyne SeaTech, Teledyne Lehman Lab, and Teledyne Hastings. Welcome to the Tax Talks podcast. I'm Amy Noter, VOC Applications Chemist here at Teledyne Techmar, and today we will be discussing the best column for your purge and trap volatiles analysis. Our guest speaker is Chris English, who is the laboratory manager at ResTech Corporation. He has managed a team of chemists in ResTech's innovations laboratory since 2004. Before taking the reins in the laboratory, he spent seven years as an environmental chemist and was critical to the development of ResTech's current line of volatile GC columns. Prior to joining ResTech, he operated a variety of gas chromatographic detectors conducting method development and sample analysis. Chris holds a BS in environmental science from St. Michael's College in the USA. Chris is gonna to talk to us uh, today all about GC columns. So welcome Chris and thank you so much for joining me. All right, thank you, Amy. Yeah. So. Let's get down to it. What is the best column for purge and trap analysis? All right. Well, well first of all, let's kind of take a look at different column options that are out there. And really, like your goal is to get the analytes resolved as quickly as possible. So really, that means the smallest column, the shortest column, and yet still getting adequate resolution of your target analytes in a reasonable amount of time. And if we look at the resolution equation, we realize very quickly that if we double the column length, we've only increased resolution by 40%. So you've really, you're paying twice as much for a column and you're really only getting a theoretical 40% increase in resolution. And that's not a good, um, a, a good way to spend your money. Um, so if you can get a shorter column and get your analytes resolved adequately, that's the number one goal. So that's the first thing we're going to look at. Um, then we'll move on to stationary phases. You want to make sure that you select a stationary phase where your analytes are soluble in that stationary phase. So like dissolves like, and if we can find a stationary phase that is most like the compounds that we are analyzing, that'll give us the best luck for getting the resolution because those compounds will have the best retention on that stationary phase. Now, just looking at some typical phases that are out there, there's one that we commonly call the PDMS, and that's a polydimethylsiloxane. So that is a one-type stationary phase. Um, that is the most, we call it the most nonpolar. Um, and it's also, it has not been tuned for volatiles. Um, as we go into, we can take anything that we talk about, we are going to substitute functional groups onto that PDMS. Okay, so in the case of phenyl, Instead of some of the um, silomethyl groups, we've now added a phenyl group. And those are our phenyl phases. The phenyl phases were very popular um, you know, a decade or two ago, um, but they do suffer from the resolution of the gases. So bromomethane, um, chlorolethane, and some of the early eluting gases are not well resolved on the phenyl phases. Those phenyl phases include things like the 502.2, um, the VOC column, or the vocal column. 
They all contain fennel, and they were very popular uh, years ago. But with the EPA resolution requirements for the gases, um, it made sense to move over to what we call the cyanophases. Now, these are cyanophenyl. So we now have a cyano group on and a phenyl group substituted onto a PDMS backbone. Um, those types of columns have really good um, retention for halogenated compounds. So all of our chlorinated and brominated and fluorinated compounds do very well on the cyanophases. Um, some of the technology that's come through has allowed uh, instrument manufacturer, uh, column manufacturers to put uh, benzene in the backbone, and we call that aerolene. So that helps to stabilize the stationary phase, give you a higher temperature range, so the ability to bake off all of those contaminants. Then we move on to fluorinated type phases like the VRX. The VRX is a low percent fluorinated stationary phase, and it doesn't have great thermal stability and its selectivity is tuned for the 8260 volatiles and 502.2 volatiles. But the reality is there are other phases that do just as well um, without the thermal uh, stability limitations. Then there are proprietary phases that are out there, such as the VMS column. Um, and that column was really built so that it looked a lot like the 8260 analytes that we analyze for today. Right. Yes, I recommend. Our, we always usually recommend the VMS columns for our purge and trap analysis. And I know that um, it is really important to our customers also because you know most of our customers are contract labs. It is to you know increase that cycle time. So can you kind of go into you know what are the benefits of using a shorter narrow bore column? Yeah, and so like one thing we can look at is the wide bore columns are very useful for volatile analysis when we're using something like a photoionization detector or a flame ionization detector, because that allows us to get more analyte to the detector. If we get more analyte to the detector, we have much better sensitivity and detection, lower detection limits. So for instance, the 5.3 and uh, less commonly used 0.45 millimeter ID column platforms are used for state gas methods. So the GRO, DRO, uh, leaking underground storage tank methods and those state methods where we can analyze those using a purge and trap and transferring that over to an FID or a PID or, or those in tandem, if we have those detectors in tandem. The narrow bore columns, such as the 100 micron, which is a 0 0.10 millimeter internal diameter, 0 0.18, 0 0.25, and 0.32 millimeter ID uh, columns. Now, when we look at the 0 0.32 millimeter ID column on a mass spectrometer, the limitation is the vacuum of the mass spec. So if we were to take a 30 meter by 0 0.32 millimeter ID, and then it's a 1.8 uh, diameter film thickness, uh, film thickness on that, we do not have enough pressure, back pressure, um, in order to overcome the vacuum constraints of the mass spectrometer. So therefore, the chromatography is going to look terrible. So you really, if you're going to use a 3.2, you've got to use a 60 meter, 0.32 millimeter ID column. That doesn't give us the best um, advantages that a 0 0.25 or 0 0.18 millimeter ID column do. 
If we are able to split that sample, that means we have a very rapid sample transfer through the injection port. But more importantly, we have a high desorb flow off of the trap, which allows very narrow bands, and that gives us excellent signal to noise on the capillary column. Now, one thing you'll notice is I don't talk a lot about the 0.10 millimeter ID column, and the limitation on that is capacity. Capacity is how much can we put on the column before it overloads. And the problem with a 0.10 is it doesn't have excellent capacity for the compounds, but more importantly, it doesn't have excellent capacity for methanol and water. And so those are the constraints with a smaller bore column. The interesting thing is, if you were to ask me 10 or 15 years ago what column I'd recommend, I would tell you a 30 meter, 0.25 millimeter by 1.4 diameter film thickness uh, column. Now with mass specs being so much more sensitive, the 0.18 millimeter ID column format is much more uh, preferable and is a faster runtime and can handle the capacity necessary to do the analysis. Oh, that's great. Yeah, our, our customers would really appreciate that. All right, so when you do use that longer column, could you kind of go into how much longer that runtime would would be if you use a longer column? Or how, when you're switching columns, how do you know what your new oven profile should be? Yeah, and that's, that's a great question, Amy. So what a lot of times what a customer will do is they'll call in and say, you know, I, I don't have a 20 meter 0.18 millimeter ID column. What I happen to have is 30 meter 2.5. And the reason we have the 30 meter 2.5 is we're doing a 25 mil purge on a 524 uh, heated purge. So, you know, we're trying to minimize the amount of water that's getting on the column and or we have an old instrument. So if, if we were running a 5973 that had the 30... Uh, 30 liter a second uh, vacuum pump on it, I'm probably going to recommend a 30 meter 2.5. So I want to translate the work that I found that you guys have done at Techmar, and I want to translate it to a 30 meter 2.5 column. And so ResTech has what we call method translator. Now, the way the method translator works is it allows the user to enter in their conditions and the results that it's going to give you will make it so those analytes come out at the same elution temperature. And so that is if oxyline comes out at 120 degrees on your 20 meter 0.18 uh, millimeter column, it will elute at 120 degrees, same temperature on a 30 meter 2.5 column. And that's all the method translator does. It allows all of the compounds to elute at the same temperature as they did on your previous platform that you're looking at. And what that, what that allows for is you'll have the same elution order. And depending upon what you pick, you may have the same resolution. Now, that depends upon how many plates per meter you have on your column. And so we can, we can kind of talk through an example um, on that. And if we take a look at one of the applications that we have pulled on here that would, so in this case, it would be a 20 meter 0.18, 1.0 diameter film thickness. We can enter that into the method translator and you simply go on our website and there is a, a drop down menu for that. And then once you open it, you'll see this window. And on the left hand side under original, you enter in your conditions as the original. 
And then your translated conditions are on the right-hand side. And at the bottom, after you enter in your ramp rate and your flows and all of your other conditions, what you'll end up getting is a translated conditions. So in the case of, in this case, we entered in a 35 degree starting temperature with a four degree hold, 15 degrees a minute to 85, no hold time, and then 30 degrees a minute to 225, hold two minutes. So a pretty standard uh, run condition. And when that translates, use, translates to a 30 meter 0.25 with a 1.4 diameter film thickness, when we translate that over, we now have 35 degrees uh, hold, um, starting temperature with 6.25 minutes on the hold and then nine and a half minute ramp to 85, 19.2 minutes to 225 and then hold for 3.1 minutes. In that way, you will get very similar resolution and the same uh, retention order as well. If we take a look at the actual runtime, on a 20-meter 1.8 column, you're 14 minutes for the runtime. Interestingly, on a 30-meter 2.5, you're, you're at 21.9 minutes. So it's a much slower runtime. And so that's why, you know, one of the first things when we, we ask a customer is go on the internet, take a quick look and see what's out there and then call tech service if you, if you have questions or need help. Because when you go on the internet, you look up under uh, Techmar, you'll find an application that is usually it's going to be um, highly optimized. And in this case, it's, it's optimized to the point where if we look at another column dimension, it's probably going to be slower. So um, that's, that's an example that we have there. Um, and then if you wanted to go to a different uh, column format, you can look at different column flows um, and it will translate it for you and also different carrier gases. If you were going to switch to a different carrier gas, it would also make that change. Yeah, that's great. This EZGC method translator is, it's really simple to use. I've used it myself. So I know if I can use it, you know, all of our customers out there uh, will be able to. So we will post a link to that uh, on this podcast. Uh, so you'll be able to use it if you'd like. All right. So do you have any kind of advice for someone who is new to GC or GC columns? Yeah, just kind of, kind of uh, overall, um, don't be afraid to use the internet um, and look at all your different manufacturers to find, find different applications out there. Um, don't be afraid to reach out to tech service, regardless of what company it is, because, you know, we all have different tech service and all the tech service is very helpful. Um, and then just understanding your particular compounds. So if you happen to be running freons, and freons are, you know, fluorinated compounds, chlorinated and fluorinated compounds, um, you might want to look at an, a, a 200 type stationary phase, which is a trifluoropropyl stationary phase. If you're looking at a standard set of volatiles, you might look at the VMS column, like 8260, 524, those types. If you're looking at gasoline, you might look at a thick film 5, which is or a 502.2 column. Those are phenyl-containing compounds because your aromatics are all phenyl-containing compounds or alkanes, and you're matching that with the stationary phase. And so if you can match your compounds with your stationary phase, you'll do very well in getting uh, better retention. And the more retention you have, the better chances you have of getting good resolution between those compounds. So, and then as we looked at the different column configurations for the 
for the new mass specs, so that's your 5975, your 77s, um, you know, your TSQ 8000 and, and thermo instruments or your 7000, um, you're going to be looking at a 20 meter 0.18 and 1.0 diameter film thickness. If you have resolutions that you absolutely have to eat two compounds that are just partially resolved and you've got to get them a little better resolved, you can certainly go to a 40 meter 1.8 column. But just keep in mind that the best you're going to get is an increase of 40% of resolution on that because that's a theoretical increase. And more appropriately, I generally see about a 30% increase in resolution. But again, there are times when I have uh, two isobaric compounds and I need to get them just a little better resolved and I have to resort to just going with a longer column. But that's usually not the, the, the avenue that you can take. And in future podcasts, we can talk about other things that we can do to try to find the best column. Um, but yeah, and translating your methods will give you the best column uh, option if you have other, other columns in your lab that you would like to use. Oh, that's so great. Uh, yes, be sure to check out the rest of our series that will be coming out soon. Um, that's all the time we have for today, but I'm sure that our listeners have learned a lot about GC columns. We will include the links to, that we have on the pop for the, under the podcast channel under this episode uh, for some other useful information relating to columns. And thank you so much for your time today, Chris. All right. Thank you, Amy. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Tax Tech Talk podcast. For more information about our products and the solutions we offer, please visit www.teledyneacs.com. If you like this podcast, please make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're hearing this show. That way you'll never miss an episode. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again next time.